I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add of course some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and of course a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump or flake. That's basically the look I usually go for. So whether you like a more natural look or full glam or somewhere in between, you'd love Thrive Cosmetics because you're not only getting quality cosmetics, but you're also contributing to a good cause. And you also might already know of them as they have a pretty viral, vibrant turquoise tube on social media for their mascara and it is a game changer. It is. I'm so happy that Thrive Cosmetics is not just stunning, but also 100% vegan and cruelty-free and it's packed with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Their high-performance formula set the bar high with uncompromising standards, so no wonder their bestsellers boast thousands of glowing five-star reviews. And what also makes them even more special is that every purchase with Thrive Cosmetics contributes to making communities thrive, hence the name. I mean, it's also spelled C-A-U-S-E medics, Thrive Cosmetics. So it's not just about beauty. I mean, they're truly about giving back. So with your support, they donate products and funds to support communities in need through responsive giving. That's why they've been my beauty obsession since 2020. I've been using their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara since 2020. I mean, this is a magical mascara that lasts all day without a hint of clumping or smudging or flaking. And removal is a breeze as all I need is warm water and a washcloth. Pretty simple. And also here's the best part. The nourishing ingredients in this flake free tubing formula not only gives you the length and definition that you crave, but also it supports longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's a love story for your lashes. So Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E. T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order. Well, you see it with, uh, you know, you talk about indigo children or whatever, you know, um, there's all yeah. different terms, you know, you see like a higher level of consciousness than before. And this is a this is an example of how the how the transformation is working. So taking us to a higher level of consciousness. Of course, it's going to be the older souls who sort of lead the way. And so you'll see much more of acceptance um, happening. Now let the magic begin. Hello and jaima, jaima yomis. Tis Raquel and today we're finally bringing guests back on. Thank you for allowing me to just simply have solos. I didn't feel called to completely take a full on break from your own magic, but I did feel like taking a break just from interviews for a little bit so I could you know, reignite my passion for it. And instead of having an interview, I figured it'd be best to bring on a guest, a reoccurring character, so to speak, such as Ainsley McLeod, to simply just have a conversation. 
which I'm very thankful that that is exactly how it flowed. I actually tried to come up with questions and I was like, you know what? I just feel called to just have a conversation with him. And that's exactly what happened. And this time it indeed obviously revolved around what his specialty is, which is healing past life traumas and also just understanding how the old soul navigates during certain times such as today and there was a lot of nuggets of gold throughout so i'm excited for you to listen to this and if you are not familiar with ainsley mcleod well he's not only one of the most beloved euro magic guests but he also is a past life psychic so yes studying past lives is indeed his specialty and he receives this information from his spirit guides and so he wrote several books on the old soul and figuring out how old your soul is whether you're a younger soul levels one through five i believe and then older souls six through ten and 10, if you're a level 10 soul or even 9 soul, that means you're basically on some of your last lives before you basically go into the astral realm as a spirit guide or whatever is next for your soul's calling. But that would be the last of your lives here on Earth. And there are several episodes where we get into great detail on this topic, on your own magic. I'll leave a link to those in the show notes along with his very expansive super soul sunday episode with oprah who also is a very old soul we also talk about the different soul types in past episodes which a soul type is basically the source of your personality and your soul chooses a combination of soul types and it might vary every single soul life you experience so There are the caregivers, the creators, educators, helpers, hunters, leaders, performers, spiritualists, thinkers, and so on. Plus, he loves to also navigate and understand more of your soul's purpose, your life purpose. And so in past episodes, you will be able to discover more and perhaps resonate with certain messages when it comes to your soul to really understand your soul your soul's purpose why you're here and also have compassion for other souls and why they are the way they are especially if they might be a younger soul who is in your life and so i highly recommend that you listen to the other episodes to figure out your age and your soul type and so on but in this episode we're going to talk a lot about how the old soul may navigate during this time I noticed that some of my old soul friends, they don't wear masks, and then some of my other old soul friends do wear masks, and he talks about the reason behind this polarity and why people might choose a certain path depending on their past life experience at this time, and also how young souls feel during this new era. And a lot of people are indeed growing and learning a lot very rapidly but then we also get into a lot of other interesting things and how it would be what an ideal world would look like for 
the future for the old soul and especially when it comes to the education system and yada yada. We just had a wonderful conversation full of a variety of different topics. So I hope you enjoy this episode and also listen to the other episodes. If you feel more called to just get a deeper understanding on the old soul and the different types or basically also just lay the groundwork for Ainsley McLeod's very expansive divine work then again leave in a link to the other episodes in the show notes in chronological order for you all right i'm keeping this intro short but a quick shout out to some yomis who left raving five star reviews and i read them and i'm so beyond grateful one by t core one by Radharani, one by Pablo Escapian, one by Carly Rion, one by Emma18181, one by the man underscore Toto, and there's Karma Star, there's Packy J, this is Pure Love, Danielle's underscore soul, so many, and everybody that's leaving raving reviews, thank you so much it truly means the world and it helps this podcast out more than you know to keep her going you know sponsors they really care about that and whatever else whatever opportunities decide to come our way another guest guests look at that as well so you really have You guys are the ones that definitely have made a difference in the expansion of this podcast. And I just wanted to thank you so much for that. Now, with all of that being said, I believe it is time to let the magic begin with Ainsley McLeod. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I, I started recording to jump right in because I'm like, oh, this is gold. This uh, is gold. <laughs> okay. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's got a lot to do with actually how, if you're an old soul, you know, and the, the people that are going to be attracted to your work are going to be older souls. And that means that you've been here on the physical plane, back and forth anyway, for, um, could be five, 6,000 years. It could be a long time mm-hmm. since your very first life. And then here you are as an old soul. So, in that time, you've you've probably survived, or maybe you didn't survive. Uh, you know, the Great <laughs> Plague of London, cholera epidemics, um, mm-hmm. the Black Death that swept through Europe in the 1300s. And I think for that reason, a lot of old souls are. are uh, I mean, they'll take, they'll be cautious. They'll, you know, they'll wear their mask and you know wash their hands and all that. But I think they have a you know sense that yeah, we'll get through this one as well. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I definitely, when it comes to COVID and just the pandemic and everything that comes with that, of course, I absolutely am honoring just what society is simply asking for us, especially since I'm with, well, I spend all of my time pretty much just with my two parents who are old. My Mm. dad's 76. My mom has an autoimmune disease. And so I'm just honoring it, even though I'm not worried whatsoever i just want to make sure i honor it for them and also for others however i'm not at all worried or concerned of it deeply affecting myself but also i know like if it did then that was something that my soul asked for well we know something that is interesting too is that in my experience just because the, the people i'm talking to every day are older souls and uh that i found that yeah they are 
you know, the, the older the soul gets, the more kind of um, altruistic it becomes. You know, it, you sort of recognize the humanity in others a lot more than when you were a younger soul. And I think that respect for other people's well-being is, a, is quite a marker. It doesn't mean that younger souls can't, they, they, that they don't have that sense of empathy, but they don't have it um, quite the same. So, you, you, you know, you're, yeah. you're doing this not just for yourself, but you're doing it for other people. I think that's, uh, you know, that's quite a significant old soul sort of thing. <laughs> One thing I wanted to say, which I have found r- very interesting, is that almost everyone I talk to seems to be enjoying some aspect. You know, they're finding some oh, yeah. silver lining, you know, like it's giving me more time to work on the garden or something or, yeah. or to listen to podcasts. Yes. No, yeah. seriously. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, this quote unquote quarantine, or I, I'm like, this is my life before it was even a thing to just kind of hermit up. But so to me, mm. the fact that's happening for a lot of people it's actually kind of nice because I can see a lot of people just being able to listen to themselves more and tune within yeah. more. And I think that's going to be a great expansion for just this entire world. I think you're absolutely right. I, I mean, it's forcing so many people to suddenly put on the brakes, slow down, and then go inward. Exactly. And, you know, my birthday was just two days ago, my 30th, and yeah. I... I was oh well thank you thank you but (laughs) I the only time I decided to just go out and I just saw my brother and my sister-in-law we just went out to eat for dinner it was just it was nice to get out for a second but I just noticed people around us keep in mind I'm in Utah but also Salt Lake County Mm. is I think Utah is a very young state I would say full of young souls for sure However, there are a couple counties like the one that I grew up in Summit County and Salt Lake County those two, they're older souls indeed. Like they're just more consciously evolved and aware. And so I'm in Salt Lake Mm -hmm. County for my dinner and I just looked around and people are wearing their Black Lives Matter shirts. And just, I'm just like so happy that there is still waking communities, even when they're surrounded by younger souls, you know? Well, I think that's what happens in younger soul communities that you do get pockets of old souls and they sort of, uh, they're attracted to each other you know they'll find each other it's why yeah. you could go somewhere where there's a like a you know well predominantly young souls but you'll get that maybe that funky downtown area you know it's a little bit older soul you know where yeah. the more progressive uh, types you know younger types might hang out i always say you can tell where you are by the bumper stickers that um, oh that's you know, so true that's easy to, to judge <laughs> That's the age of the it's so soul age anyway. I go 10 miles north and not 10 miles, 10 minutes north, not even 10 minutes. And there's a ton of Trump stickers. And right. then I go 10 minutes south and like everyone's wearing, we believe in equality for all. Right. It's so interesting to just see, yeah, my surroundings. Oh, it's good to be around the old soul energy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, okay. I honestly, I wrote down some questions, but there was something in my gut in my soul that was telling me like just allow this conversation to flow because there's going to be a lot of divine messaging coming through that you might not even be aware of yet and so I'm just going to allow this to flow into yeah so I I clearly (laughs) we're going to be divinely guided to just have a conversation about all the things I think that's absolutely yeah how, how it is so it's strange times that we live in and uh you know, it, it, and there's a lot of fear out there. I mean, you know, particularly, you know, a lot of, a lot of younger souls freaking out about 
uh, what's going on. I shouldn't say it's just younger souls, but uh, no. there's there's some reactions that you're getting there. You also get the that sort of don't tread on me kind of thing. Don't tell me what to do, which is, you know, <laughs> the, now it's not just uh, younger souls because I have so old soul friends who won't wear masks. Same. Um, unfortunately, it's, and it has to do, it always goes back to a past life where you've been either imprisoned or enslaved or something very, very similar where you've had no power. Mm-hmm. And the takeaway from the what, what it creates within the soul or something soul carries into future lifetimes is a fear of powerlessness. Now, I always joke that it's summed up in just a few words. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. So that's why. Know, and that's yeah. fine. <laughs> You'll see it in kids, you know, you mm-hmm. see it in adults, you know, or the a teenager you tell them not to do something they absolutely damn well will do it yes you know? so, exactly um, but there's a similar kind of thing with uh, with mask wearing you know mm-hmm. it's not it's not a big ask it's i mean it's, you know it's 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 not unreasonable but there's a there's an extreme overreaction to that because of it it reminds souls of those times that they've been so disempowered and the soul comes back, you know, with it, you know, you tell tell somebody what to do rather than asking them or explaining why. And they they just you know, they there's they dig their heels in, you'll get an equal and opposite reaction. It's all all you know, the resenting being told what to do. Yeah. So it's just a it's a it's a very obvious version of this. Yeah. Um it's not the only reason, but it's certainly the biggest reason. Unfortunately, most of the people who are not wearing masks are not going to do past life work and overcome any yeah, past life. Yeah, I know, you I know. know. It's just the way to, to, to deal with it for older souls is just keep your distance. And, uh, yeah, see, and I understand a lot of what I, I mean, my friends who are older souls that don't wear a mask, I, and I completely understand their perspective. It has more to do with they just believe in perhaps pandemic or that there's just another yeah. agenda with Fauci and Bill Gates, which is potential. I don't know 100%, but regardless, what I do know exists out there is that COVID does exist. And so even if it was an agenda, regardless, I just want to protect my family, you know? Yeah. So I'm not trying to, yeah. So that's that's just my two cents with it. Right, no, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just sensible, you know? I mean, if you... <laughs> You know, if you have people around, it doesn't around, bother me at all. Too. Yeah, if you've got people around who are vulnerable, um, mm-hmm. you know, high risk, um, then you really, yeah. you you really don't want to take a chance. I mean, I have quite a few oh, friends yeah. who've who've had the coronavirus, and you know, touch wood, and thank oh. God they've they've all survived. That's amazing. But See, uh, that's amazing. If my parents were to go, even though I know that they would go, their soul would just move on. I still wouldn't be able to live with myself quite the same. I wouldn't be happy with myself for quite some time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it'd be an awful thing to, to have to deal with, you know, to feel that you were you were responsible in some way for, your, for your parents. It's just a trauma, another trauma on top of all the other traumas my soul's experienced that I just right. don't want to deal with. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> it makes sense to avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had a couple of soul, um, past life memories come up uh, which is really interesting. Mm. And and I was like, I wonder if this is simply just my personal soul memory or just someone else's experience, but it felt like something I had experienced. And they were very vivid. And both of them, I was a young girl, but one was in, I feel like it took place in Richmond. I think that's what it's called, London. Mm-hmm. 
because I, I felt like it was the energy of Richmond for whatever reason, yeah, okay. even though there was no particular sign that said Richmond or whatever. But I always tell people if, if you get if you're tapping into a past life, just go with your gut. Go, you know, mm-hmm. that's how the, so much of the information comes. Exactly. And I was a young, young girl, and I was in my bed, but naked, looking out the window and just feeling like this sadness that my family didn't care or something. And then I went outside and I was in the backyard and I just remember everything so vividly as if I, you know, could recall my dinner the other day with my family, you know, like I remembered it so vividly. It was so wild. Mm. Like you could actually taste it you know what I mean yeah. and smell it it was so vivid but just the backyard and how it looked and how it made me feel and I just had this wild imagination I wanted to play but I didn't have any friends to play with the brother I had didn't want to play and yeah I just remember feeling so lonely and I think that she died young yeah then that kind of like passed pretty fast and then there was another one where I was I don't know what era it was but I was wearing basically pioneer clothes Mm-hmm. And there was, I think he was like an uncle or a stepdad or just some sort of, not a father figure, but like an uncle-like figure who was driving this wagon. And I'm looking at it like the Red Rocks of Sedona. And I had this weird feeling with this uncle. I couldn't explain it why I had this feeling though. And again, I was wishing like kids were around me. Mm-hmm. It was so weird. And here I am. I grow up, I do have a brother, he's 48, but I grew up basically an only child. And I'm like, what is my soul wanting to experience from this? Oh, you know, it's so interesting. Well, that, (laughs) well, it is. I mean, what what you're, what you're tapping back into that loneliness in the past life is to do with essentially being rejected. It Mm -hmm. actually is something that, and I can't remember we talked about this before, but I found that so many people that are are podcasting or, or uh, reaching an audience in some way are doing it in part to heal their own stuff from past lives that have to do with rejection. Because the, oh if gosh. you've been if you've been abandoned in a past life, and it's usually just the kind of thing you're you're describing, where the parents are disinterested, they kind of you know they didn't really want you, um, or it could be something like uh, dying alone at the end of the life. I often see that being a cause of this fear of rejection. But uh, it, it pretty much always will show up in the same same sort of way. The reason I'm saying that podcast, so many podcasters you know, are, are doing it to heal rejection is that one way to heal, the sort of easiest way apart from doing past life exploration is to belong because you've been so lonely and isolated that the soul carries a fear that if you belong to a group, you may be rejected. You're risking something there. So it's often easier not to belong and continue with that sort of um, way of being, which yeah. is like a tendency to isolate yourself, you know, to be the hermit. Yeah. And That's also, been seriously my theme I, for my life. I bet. And also <laughs> to an internalize problems. Instead of sharing with a friend or, yeah. or a therapist or whatever, it's just to de- feel know. like you have to deal with it on your own. Now, the elevated way, if you like, of healing uh, is not just to belong, but to be the uniter, to be the one who brings other people together. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I often, you know, use, use the term Pied Piper, you know, sort of you, you, you're, you're sort of leading and bringing everyone uh, together. And then that's a, that's a phenomenal way to heal because 
you know, as you do that and you're finding, you know, you draw people that very often are um, of a similar, similar consciousness, maybe soul family, mm-hmm. and they're very unlikely to reject you. And uh, the more that you find that you're not rejected, the more you, you more the more you heal from that past life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I want. I'm like I'm tearing up and I have chills just because. Mm. Oh, you hit it spot on, and I have never felt so loved since Mm. honestly creating this podcast and gathering these yomis that literally just love me and each other seriously just as we are and I go through a variety of different stages and evolutions in my life and and regardless they're still there they haven't ever let go and it's like wow you know look how healing that is just the way you talk about it right it's so healing oh my gosh I want to like cry and it does make me want to you know just get out there more and be I mean not during this pandemic time yeah it's so interesting but the people that are are drawn to to you and your message well they're going to be older souls and you're giving Mm -hmm. them a place to feel comfortable you know you're creating that place where they can come and learn to overcome their fear of rejection it's unfortunately a very common fear amongst older souls it doesn't surprise me though given this nature of the past Mm. of how everybody the mind the collective mindset was and their consciousness where they were and honestly because i think a lot of people back then rejected themselves because they couldn't they weren't able to express their true authentic self they just rejected others and it just became a it was like a domino effect it trickled down to nearly everybody so it really doesn't surprise me that the older the soul is the more heightened that state of feeling rejected is still there because it's still a lesson I think we all need to learn because the world hasn't consciously shifted yet. It's it's starting to now, but consciously shifted into just love and pure acceptance. I mean, I'm so thankful for today, this day, even though there's been a lot of chaos and it's quite bizarre, I'm so thankful for the fact that there are so many people that are just truly, genuinely accepting people as they are, no matter what their preferences with their sexuality no matter what their color is no matter what their size is like it's all becoming just so full of love and just looking at the soul and i think that that's why a lot of old souls are really here today as well like as in this human form even though there's all this chaos going on which i do think that we have a lot of healing for the world to do too and that i feel like there's a bigger reason why we're all here aside from just healing our rejection but yes. that's a huge piece it is a huge piece i mean absolutely mm-hmm. now what this you know i work with these spirit guides and you know they've, they've talked a lot about what life was like back in the tribe so the way it was presented to me it was uh, and i put, put this all in my second book the transformation that they talk about you know we we all know there's some kind of shift going on my spirit guides would use the term transformation. And the, what's happening here is a shift in consciousness that will affect everybody. Uh, I mean, all of us, all, all humans. Um, it's happening already. And it hasn't happened. The last time it happened was like 55,000 years ago. It's been a long time coming. And we really need it. I mean, we, we need a rescue mission um, here. It's a way of, you know, avoiding going to hell in a handbasket, you know. So you have um, all these more sort of... Um, uh, I guess, uh, spiritually conscious older souls, um, uh, you know, coming into the, 
coming into the, the, the world with, well, you see it with, uh, you know, you talk about indigo children or whatever, you know, um, there's all yeah. different terms, you know, you see like a higher level of consciousness than before. And this is a this is an example of how the how the transformation is working. So taking us to a higher level of consciousness. Of course, it's going to be the older souls who sort of lead the way, and so you'll see much more of acceptance um, happening. Where you know older souls. I mean, you know, I come from Scotland, and yeah. you know, I'm you know, I hate to give away my age. No, I'm sixty six. So while I was That's still so yeah, while I was growing up, <laughs> thank you very much. But while I was growing up for the for the longest time, probably I think till I, I would have been in my twenties until um, let me see, maybe not quite. So in my teen years, um, homosexuality was still illegal, and people were still imprisoned or or chemically castrated for uh, for being homosexual. And that's in my lifetime. Things have changed, and now right. look, you know. I mean, of course, there's still homophobia, but you know, look how look how different things are now. Mm-hmm. We're moving forward at, at uh, a rapid yeah. rate, is, is what I'm trying to say here. And yeah. all the time, I mean, you know, right at the moment, we've got, um, you know, we, I mean, we just had the sort of higher uh, consciousness of, uh, you know, um, hashtag Me Too movement black lives movement black lives matter movement um and you know one thing that's it really struck me and it's, this is a sign of the transformation is that the the so many of the people who are out on the streets supporting black lives are not black they're not doing it for themselves they're doing it because it's the right thing to do and that's the, yeah. the old soul that this the old soul with a higher consciousness feeling yeah we're all connected so what's happening to that person has happened to me in the past and could happen again. And the empathy, you know, is being able to put yourself in, in the, the, the other person's shoes helps you to relate to their suffering and want to do something about it. The older the soul gets, usually the, the, the more um, kind of... Um, compassionate. Uh, compassionate, empathic... Uh, it, it, oh it can, yeah, yeah. So way back, the, the, again, this is something spirit guides talk about. We, you know, we have no historical documents, but they say that back in the tribe, there was so much more acceptance for how we all were. You know, we accepted the, um, people's differences. Um, we we're also much more supportive to other to each other because we recognized that it was a system that we were all part of, and that's something that we've really lost. You know, in in the last uh, few millennia, I guess, or centuries, uh, we we sort of lost that um, uh, connection, uh, uh, that recognition of of our individuality, and so on. And you'll see it in all sorts of ways. You know, because part of what I talk about in my work is, you know, how we all have soul types. We have personalities based on what we've learned to do in previous lifetimes to give us our our entire personality is chosen before we come here, and you can easily identify it if you know um, what you're looking for. And it's based on how, you know, originally how we were in the tribe, and everybody had a very clear purpose. But we kind of lost that somewhere along the way, you know, in the last few thousand years, um, where, you know, you'll see it even in, in the educational system where there's so much of that cookie cutter approach rather than recognizing our. Our differences and why 
you know, some, there are strengths and weaknesses that go with each of the soul types. And we do crazy things like we take very active hunter soul types and make them sit in a classroom for years. Um, and of course, they end up switching off or going crazy or ADD or whatever, because they're, they're, they're not meant to be sitting there on their backsides for, for hours every day. They're physical back in the tribe. The hunters were out there hunting. Um, you get creator types, you know, down back in the tribe that might, they might've been the potters or the jewelry makers or something. But um, then, you know, the, the, we undervalue the arts, you know, in, in education. That's, um, you know, often, you know, I remember at school seeing this, you know, some kid being told, you know, you're really smart. You should do extra math instead of art. You know, like uh, somebody once pointed out, by the way, it's a bit of a tangent, but they once pointed out that the reason there's so much mo modern, awful architecture is that there are these kids that are really smart and they're, 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 they're pushed into science and math and they ignore the aesthetics that, you know, it's like art is not seen like a, like a serious subject. So they come out, they become architects and build these things mm -hmm. that are awful because they have no, no aesthetic uh, value. So anyway, that's like, <laughs> it's like tangent there, but uh, I think there might that's be something That's such a good that point, theory. actually. Mm, that's yeah. such a good point why there are some buildings that just, you know, are just not the most attractive buildings in the world or the most creative buildings in the world. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. I, I, I've had I've, I've I've tried to formulate some theory around that as well, you know, thinking well maybe if if you're an architect, especially with something like public housing, you build public housing, you mm -hmm. you should be obliged to live there for five years after designing it. <laughs> so oh yeah, that way they that way they make a little bit more sort of community like and bigger windows in the world or something. Oh, that's such a good <laughs> that's a good observation or like a point or start actually hiring people that lived in public housing so they know how to you know, what they can do to create something that is a more wonderful experience right. for people living there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no reason why. I mean, certainly, you know, look at so many projects and back in the UK, housing estates and places where, you know, they're so unappealing and they don't really have to be that way, you know, that, uh, but uh, yeah, but I digress. <laughs> uh, I was about to say, but Edinburgh, I'm not going to lie. I can't think of one place in Edinburgh that wasn't just beautiful. Oh, well, I could yeah. be wrong. I didn't go everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I just, I loved it. I, I, I obviously just went to like the main areas. Yeah. But... Have you seen Train Spotting? <laughs> no, oh, well. I haven't. Is that a movie? It's a movie. It's a movie. Yes. I think it's uh, you and McGregor. I think it might be one of his first movies. Anyway, it's, uh, it's well worth a watch. Uh, it's, it's, it's gritty. I mean, it's a uh, heroin addiction and so on. It, it, you know, I, I mean, I went to college in Edinburgh and I think it's one of the most beautiful cities. Um, it is. Yeah, it, I, it I miss Scotland. Ugh. But it does have some crummy areas, and again, it shouldn't yeah. have to be that way. They tend to, you know, put up these, you know, schemes, and you know, with very little for people to do. And um, I had friends who lived just outside of Edinburgh in in one of these, uh, we call them a project here, I guess, in the states. And uh, these buildings have been so bizarre. You walk in, and they're designed with windows that were maybe about five feet up off the ground, and then really tiny. It was like these dark little rooms, and it's like, why does it have to be like this? And it went on for miles. I mean, there's so many people living there. I wonder if also the person that did create that building, the architect, 
maybe that human was also in a dark place. Sometimes I wonder that. Well, I think it's it's possible because sometimes they are pretty sad, and uh, but it could be. I think possibly like um, you know taking a pragmatic view. Well, you know we save on I don't know glass or whatever. Just put in smaller windows. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the decisions mm-hmm. would be, but um, <laughs> but it could be a, la- a sign of a lack of empathy to be. Um, yes. creating something that really doesn't have a community. I mean, they put in all these buildings and no movie theater, no supermarket, no, there's no hub, no pub, no, you know, yeah. no place for people to go. And uh, so the whole place was just all these strangers living in, you know, so close but separate, mm-hmm. gang violence, all that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, massive uh, frustration. And I think, you know, sure, somebody who's designing a place like that is is not necessarily taking an empathic approach where they're able to really put themselves in the shoes of the people that might end up living in a place like that and what that might be like for, you know, to spend your entire life in some place that's really, you know, soulless. You keep bringing up this word, empath, empathy. Mm -hmm. And clearly that's a big theme for or purpose for you to share for the world. Because I know that your recent Instagram story, which was wonderful, also talked a lot about it. And I think that that's such an interesting observation that you're not only looking at empathy just within the human, but how that translates into our material world as well. Mm. Because it does influence and impact people's heart chakra their consciousness how they just feel about the world like what surrounds you really has a great influence and so perhaps one day as more and more people become more empathic and empathetic they do tear down the old very not so loving or open windowed buildings and start to create more sustainable yet also beautiful buildings but anyway so yeah. what is empathy for you the the spirit guys that we don't want when, when i'm talking to them about it uh they they describe empathy in two well a couple of ways um they they would say it's the ability to put yourself in another person's shoes to mm-hmm. sort of feel what they're feeling um but the other way that they describe it is that it's the ability to pick up on nonverbal emotional signals. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I always talk about how empathy is the power behind great therapists and counselors, unfortunately. This is another one of these things I get on my soapbox about, is that um, the whole um, therapy and counseling sort of world, it has become so academic. Um, you know, if you want to become a, a therapist, you've got so much training to go through and certification and so on. And it does tend to now attract people who are more sort of cerebral thinker types Mm -hmm. they may not have the the empathy they're great at sitting the exams and so on but the problem is that when they're working with somebody they only have one level of input you know what they see is what they what they understand Um, yeah what's in the book is what's yeah absolutely and and so it's and that is that can be damaging that Mm -hmm. can be a problem for somebody who's not you know maybe feels that they're not being seen they're not being heard but what an empath can do is they have the ability to get down to that sort of uh, into that deeper place. You know, they can they can tell sometimes. Well, like, yeah, what I'm getting is not really what you're saying. You know, it's it's an ability to go down into the, the the soul, into those deeper emotions that the the more cerebral type can't do. And it's nothing wrong. Uh, I mean, we're just all different. Um, but sometimes those people might. You know, I think we, most people would be better off with a therapist who's, who's um, 
perhaps more heavily more uh, on the empathic side of things rather than yeah. just the intellectual. Um, yeah. So, uh, but the intellectual then could be really great in another venue where the the empath might not work so well. I mean, it's just you know we're 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 all different, and uh, and it kind of goes back to that thing of you know how we should be encouraging the you know bringing out the best in people and and so on and finding what's you know getting away from that cookie cutter thing I was thinking about education and sort of really helping to nurture um, individual talents and abilities and yeah. so on which are all past life by the way oh yeah like they're genius I was watching this one Netflix show called Down to Earth with Zac Efron and he was in mm-hmm. Costa Rica and they were filming this one school and the kids they were so free and they were just basically highlighting each kid's genius oh, and yeah. of course they're learning a lot about i mean they're learning i don't know about history but definitely like math and science whatever but they're also really focused and highlighting their genius and so there, some kids are painting and i know that you'd love that <laughs> some kids <laughs> some kids are building tools some kids are into music but i thought that was beautiful oh i i agree totally you know i'm my my experience of going through school in in scotland it was you know we're, I'm sure, yeah. in scotland we're supposed to have this this wonderful educational system mm-hmm. it's based on the, the sort of roman system i think it's uh it, it just felt very very old-fashioned <laughs> even you know when i was growing up it was sort of like um you know i, I describe it was kind of like hogwarts with without any of the magic <laughs> like there were no moving corridors and stairs unfortunately it was a bit you know kind of boring but um you know i was there like uh super intuitive and, and creative well no one ever encouraged me to work on my intuition mm-hmm. and and nobody really took the creative thing very seriously um it was honestly the, the art classes were something you, you they're more for sort of remedial type thing you know it's like oh you're just no good at anything so just you know go and do some art um it's so not how it's it should be and you know and these things will change uh, over time uh and depending on which you know culture you're in and so on uh so it will probably have already changed in that part of the world but when i was going through it there was really just there was no uh taking into account your, your individuality or your unique perspective, you just were all thrown in. Um, and I, I suffer from something which I didn't even know I had. Uh, it's, uh, it's called dyscalculia, and I'm not sure even how to pronounce it, but it's, a, it's, um, it's an inability to deal with numbers. It has some other, yeah, it's got some other um, uh, features as well. But you know how some people just, you know, they just can't read, you know, and, um, uh, you know, it, I just couldn't deal with numbers ever, you know, and uh, the misery it caused was, you know, the anxiety, constant anxiety, and even trying to get out of um, math classes, you know, because I never passed a math test in my life, you know, it was like, it's never going to happen. And it was like, what's the point? And, uh, and I, you know, I even went to the head of the school and said well how about you know i've got this you know i want to be an artist so you know how about i just do more art oh no you have to do math it's like oh god you know it's like you know stuff that for me nightmares were made of it but it was like dyslexia you know nobody you know back then nobody recognized dyslexia um and uh 
now, now I think, thank goodness, you know, with the shift in consciousness, you know, we become much more aware of these things. I think we've still got to catch up a little bit on recognizing the individuality. I mean, I mean, certainly it's happening like the, you know, the, the example you were giving and, uh, you know, Montessori schools and that sort of thing, are, you know, a little bit more advanced. Uh, but, you know, it's still got a long way to go. And I think, we, you know, when when you have kids, I mean, I have clients with children who who have such strong past life connections to things that they're here with incredible gifts. Um, you know, the, a kid who's really just meant to be a musician. Well, I think, you know, I, I, I think that's where you say to the kid, well, if this is really what you want to do, like, you just be a musician, you know, why not? Idea. No, no, you have to. You know, you can't you can't graduate without doing math and English. You know, I, I knew a brilliant artist back in Scotland. Brilliant artist. Um, he was trying to get into art school, and year after year, he just couldn't get into art school because he couldn't pass uh, an English exam. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. See, where yeah. I but people that is only because, and I understand, and that's the thing. I do actually have. I know it sounds really weird, but compassion for the people that did it. It's it's horrible like it's not fair for him but also people didn't know better they genuinely believed that this was the system and everybody needed to follow it but now i'm so happy that people are waking up to the fact that actually no maybe not everybody has to work with numbers you know Mm -hmm. just maybe not everybody it's a wonderful thing for some some souls were planted here or i guess souls might be too out there for some people but some people are indeed very left brain and they just want to work with numbers right all the time that's and right then there are others that you know indeed want to tap more into their art and so and then there are those that are in between i definitely feel like i was a bit in between but my the education here as well didn't ever really work for me until I decided until I was a little older and I just felt so influenced by it I was like you know what fine I'll I'm gonna work with your system and of course then it became a breeze but it didn't feel like I it mm. came on paper on paper because I got straight A's it became a breeze because I was like okay I'll finally like work with your system but I didn't right. like it I didn't enjoy it, it didn't feel right because there were other things I wanted to do but when I was a child and my truest self I definitely was pain and a half for my elementary school to deal with because <laughs> I wouldn't cooperate at all. I and I would skip school all the time. It was just yeah, I was a pain. <laughs> that, that that old soul. Yeah, don't tell me what to do. Yeah. I, I often think as well. You know, it's it's so damn hard for for old souls to come into the world and then have to go through all this schooling and the you know i i mean even myself i remember this this one moment where i i had obviously just learned to count but i remember sitting there in the classroom figuring out how many years i had ahead of me like a prisoner you know like i'm i'm, I'm counting off the years to like <laughs> get, get parole or, or, or get released and i remember thinking oh christ almighty 13 years of this oh god no and uh, that, I did I, the I, same thing. I'm serious. Yeah. I did the same thing. I, you just made me have a flashback of a memory of seriously also doing that with just the exact day and time. And I remember watching a show or something, or maybe it was a cartoon and they would 
tally up how long they were in their cell for jail or whatever, you know? Right. And I was like, I literally do that in class, counting down the hour by hour when I'm going to get out or also when I'm going to finally get out of school and be a free adult. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, especially if you have had the past life experience of imprisonment um, or enslavement. And Which you're, I did. You're, right. Exactly. And you're in a situation where uh, you have people telling you what to do. And often they're younger souls than you. Um, I mean, that's a bit of a weird one. When you think of you coming into this world as a very old soul mm-hmm. and then you, you know, you're, you're a little kid. You're, you know, you're in some ways you're thousands of years old. But people are treating you like you're you're an idiot, you know. <laughs> I'm like, like I'm older than you guys. Stop. Right. Just kidding. <laughs> well, I put in, I, uh, I put in my first book, that was, or I think it was the first book or second book that uh, there was a client I was working with. Uh, we're talking about her daughter, who's she was a handful, and uh, this old soul that just had, you know what I what I picture happening is the baby coming getting born and kind of looking around and going. Oh Christ! What, I'm a baby again. What was I thinking? You know, it's like it seemed like a good idea on the astral plane when you planned the life, and then you come here, and and then it's like, oh no, I've got to. This is the reality of this. Is, is is this is awful? And so my client is having an argument with her five year old, and they're just kind of going at it. You know, they're butting heads. I think it was an answer to my question. Do you butt heads? Oh boy, let me tell you the stories. And so yeah, her her, her uh, daughter's five years old. And ended the conversation by saying, anyway, you can't tell me what to do. I used to be your mom. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) End of conversation. That's so great. That's so great. You know, and it is really hard because you get get so many fears Mm -hmm. triggered um, by parents. I mean, often, you know, and and bless parents, I'm I'm not one myself, but um, they can do a lot of damage unconsciously, even the most well-meaning ones, because you trigger past life issues in in your children so um you know that's a sort of added complication that that you get as well so if you've got um if you've got some a child who comes into this world and they they're seeking independence and you're always telling them what to do and controlling them it can be um it can be very damaging yeah um you know, you think, well, this is the way it's supposed to be. I'm a parent. I'm supposed to, to teach them. I often say if you get a very independent child uh, or one who's meant to have a leadership role when, they, mm-hmm. when they're older, um, start them off, give them lots of responsibility mm-hmm. and make them feel like they're, they're part of the decision-making <gasps> process. Not, as a, not, not, not just a, you know, conning them in any way, but to literally make them feel like they're literally get them yeah. oh that's so you know? brilliant you know if you're yeah you know if you're planning a vacation and you bring your five-year-old in and say well yeah where would you <gasps> like to go and what sort of thing would oh you like God. to do it gives them a feeling of kind of ownership and gets over that feeling of um something being forced on them you know being told what to do and then you know they, they you know give them responsibility and well in in this case you research this and you know and the, the more responsibility sometimes you can give a child, uh, the better. If you know if that's how they're they're programmed. That is so um, I think you know because obviously I work with a lot of people with children, and one of the favorite parts of my job is is to look at people's kids and see who they are, what they're doing here. I did it with my own two children when they were born. Uh, within about an hour, I I did a reading of of each of them, and it was fascinating to see how they grew into 
the person that I could I could predict from you know what they chosen to be in this life, and uh, I mean they're nineteen and twenty now, so it's you know yeah. they're fully formed, and you can sort of really see. I mean, I I, I joked in my first book about how some kids uh, they turn diaper changing into into a martial <laughs> art, and I was thinking of my thinking of my youngest, you know, when um, because when I read him, it was like. One thing I said was like, well, this kid was is not going to like to be told what to do. I mean, there's you know huge restraint, imprisonment, recent past life, and uh, so you think of taking a child, baby like that, um, and sticking them on their back, uh, helpless, and changing a diaper. You know, you wouldn't think it'd be such a big deal, but oh my God, when that sort of "don't tell me what to do" thing kicks in. <laughs> And somebody who's not even verbal, you know, they they will kick and they'll scream and they'll fight and, uh-huh. and you know, even though you're doing this for their their own good. Um, one thing it teaches you to do is uh, to change a diaper in like two and a half seconds. Flat. <laughs> it's like you know, hilarious. I mean, you know, to just get that little kid to to just it, it's still enough to, to to change a diaper <laughs> to have like you know, kind of one foot on the neck and another one on the on the on holding the legs down and it's like you know. You're like a, a pair of octopuses wrestling, just trying to. <laughs> Somehow you have another arm to make it happen. And then when you're done, when you're done, you're going, oh my God, you know, you're blathering sweat and going, oh my God. And then it's like, you know, half an hour later, it happens again. Um, it's like, um, so, but these things are all, they're all sort of predictable. You know, you can see what you, you're, you know, what's coming up. And I think it would be so much, I mean, the ideal would be, you know, talking about it would be at school and so on as if we could read everyone who comes into the world when they're born and say, well, this is, you know, here's what this kid's going to be dealing with. Here's how we help them. And here's the sort of things that you you might want to consider for, you know, because I'll see, like if I, let's say I have a client whose child is a performer, soul type, maybe with a creator influence, and they have a talent for music. Well, the first thing I say is, you know, get them some musical instruments teach them to sing or whatever they're gonna they're gonna want to be a musician yeah. and with having a performer in there they want to they're going to want to get on stage and get that stuff out into the world some of these things are, are you know they're really kind of very 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 yeah. obvious you know that uh, you can just put start putting these little elements these jigsaw puzzle pieces together and just say well you know this would be the i often say well if i had a kid like this this is what i would be encouraging them to to do and, uh, you know, for example, my oldest is uh, um, uh, studying oceanography and marine so biology. Cool. Um, and yeah, and, uh, but he's also an artist. That's beautiful. And when I, when I first read him, I went, this is interesting because uh, you, you, in fact, you mentioned something about that sort of left brain, right brain yeah. split. And he's just like divided right down the middle. He's a half artist. Half half creator, half thinker, right. rational person, and um, and I remember having conversations when you know when he was really little about you know do you become an artist or do you become a scientist? <laughs> and uh, so he's, he's a scientist who does exactly. Art what he, why wouldn't he be able to yeah. do both? And also, absolutely, we oh need my gosh. beautiful painters of the ocean who understand the ocean. You know, right? And yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I. That's the other thing. We all feel called to so, a variety of different things. Why wouldn't we be able to do it all? You know, and I think. Well, oh, I think that's so true. You know, we are here. We we're multifaceted yeah. people. 
Yeah. And, you know, we're all here to do so many things. The system that I used to, to understand people was given to me by the spirit guides, you, you know, to almost 20 years ago. And what I've always liked about it is it, it, you don't just look at the, it's called the instruction. And you don't just look at the instruction and say, oh, yeah, you're meant to be this. I, I actually did a, a personality test around about that time. And I remember thinking how ridiculous it was because I thought, first of all, because I was an artist, professional artist for 20 years and I paint now. Um, but I remember thinking, oh, this is interesting. It says, according to this personality test, I should be an artist or a bank teller. <laughs> what the hell? You know? I, trust me, with my with my inability to count, you do not want me as a bank teller. You know, it's that's, <laughs> that's not going to go anywhere. I'd be the slowest bank teller in the world. Um, uh, yeah, but you know, so if if we could go to come back to what I was saying, if we, if we could read everybody as they came in i mean it would be so great you could sort of really save on so much wasted time and trying to stuff round pegs into square holes and kind of things that we do i just had the most wild vision oh my this might (laughs) happen a hundred two hundred years down the road if earth allows us to stay wow this is so wild but you know because more and more people especially as the older generations go and then they come and they come as a new, more conscious, older soul and people become more awakened to souls. Maybe when babies into the earth, they're going to do, they're going to have a traditional like soul reading, bring someone like you who can go and read the baby's soul. So the parents know how to navigate. I I would, Oh oh my God. (laughs) I I would, I would think that would be the most wonderful thing. Short interruption. Just a very brief interruption to talk about and thank our sponsor of this episode who you've heard me talk about probably 444 times by now but hum hum nutrition has been a little sponsor since pretty much day uno and they are helping millions with one of our greatest assets our physical vessel if you didn't know Hum was actually birthed from founders that were struggling with skin and other breakouts after doing everything that the doctor prescribed and trying out all the different lotions and yada yada, they just really wanted to find something that was a bit more natural, more pure, but also very high quality. And that is where Hum was born initially for the skin, but they have branched out to help a variety of other problems or conditions such as gut issues, like their gut instinct supplement, which I have definitely used many times as it contains 10 strain probiotics, 25 billion organisms, and provides 30 vegan capsules for a 30 day supply. But there are a variety of other supplements as well that people love to go to and of course many of them are vegan. One of their more popular ones which I also enjoy is their flatter me pill which helps decrease the bloating and break down the proteins and carbs and fiber and fats and lactose I guess is if you eat that to help you digest because it's a blend of digestive enzymes including ginger and fennel and peppermint. And I talk about these because for me, my gut had always been my greatest issue. But again, there are a variety of other ones such as hair, skin, nails, metabolism, sleep, and aging. But one thing that I really appreciate is that they connect you with a free 
personal nutritionist before you even choose one so that way you can choose the right micronutrient to support whatever your beautiful vessel needs. And I know there are people from all over the world that listen to this podcast, so they don't only deliver to America, wherever you're at, they likely serve. So go to humnutrition.com and enter the promo code MAGIC, M-A-G-I-C, for 20% off. That's humnutrition.com, promo code MAGIC. And now enjoy the rest of this episode. You know, it goes back to even what we were talking about earlier about the the counselor therapist who's an empath. Mm-hmm. People want to be, we all want to be seen. Yeah. And uh, and we all want to be accepted for who we are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and unfortunately, we end up, so many of us trying to conform to something, you know, maybe the parents' expectations or Society. society's expectations mm-hmm. of, of who we should be. Especially social media. And, yeah. Yeah. There's so many pressures mm-hmm. and and expectations. I mean, in all sorts of ways, you know, how you should be physically, how you should look, how you should behave, you know, how you should talk, and you know, I, I mean, one thing that drives me nuts as well is that where, you know, you know, you hear people talking about what makes a woman a woman, or what makes a man a man, you know, what what are the the great feminine qualities? It's almost like the idea of the, that there's an ideal or this is how you should be, but we are all multifaceted, like I was saying before, and. You know, really what makes a man a man or a woman a woman or somebody who's trans, trans, whatever, it it is just being yourself. I mean, it's really, that's, you know, to, to be really successful in this life, I mean, really, I think the most successful person is, is the one who is able to most express who they are and do the things in this life that their soul intended, usually, usually selected before they even came into this world. And I think that's really sort of like the the measure of success. Interestingly, what uh, what the spirit guides always say is that who you are is why you're here, and that's why it's a big part of the work that I do when I'm working one on one with somebody. One of the first things we do is look at the the combination of soul types that they've chosen. I mean, there's ten soul types, which makes it quite easy to figure out. And most people have a combination of several, and you can see then how the personality is chosen. Uh, before coming here, but the, who you are is why you're here. So, let's say you have, uh, you, um, well, it, I'll, I'll give you an example with another one of my kids, well, my my younger one. Um, so, you know, he came into this world with a couple of elements in his soul types very prominent. And they were the performer and the leader. And of course, that's another reason why it was a little bit of a challenge, to say the least. <laughs> um, sticking a diaper on this kid was it was a leader type, you know. Don't put me in a sort of uh, you know prone position like this. I mean, imagine how hard that is for a for a leader to be, you know. It's, it's humiliating. You know? <laughs> and, you know, I understand the kid's pain. <laughs> right. I know absolutely. So what what. Um, you know, I, I made a joke about when he was born, you know, I said, well, you know, we, should, we need to get this kid to stage school as quickly as possible. And he did end up, um, you know, funniest kid in, in the world. But there was a point where he went, uh, he, I was at a parent-teacher conference with him, and he was maybe, I don't know, 11, 12 years old. He just said, I don't want to be the class clown. I don't want to be the joker anymore. 
and he f sort of went more, much more from there into the leader's side of things. And uh, uh, you know, he he will as he moves forward. He will, those those well, the, the performer in him, he's got great people skills. I mean, really socially very comfortable and 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 very and quite charismatic and and so on and and so he's got the that from the performer. He's got leadership skills. Uh, coming from from the leader so you know what what we see or what what i can see in a child uh will then show up as an adult hopefully because you, you know like you don't want these things to to be knocked out of them or you know to, almost to forget for that person to forget why they're here um and how much better it would be to say right at the beginning okay well you have these elements and here's you know the the, the strengths and so on uh, and let's uh, so we, we talked about this before let's cultivate yeah. these these parts and let you then really be who you are um i mean so many people i work with uh the majority of my clients i always say are between 37 and 43 and the reason for that is that they're they're heading around 40 um, into a new decade and the soul is conscious of decade markers and it's yep. around these points, 30, 40, 50. Yeah. You'll know it, yeah. It, and it, it always goes, okay, where do we go from here? Oh my, that's been my main question, just saying, for the past few days. Yep, well, I think we, 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 should, we should talk, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so you have somebody, you know, like a, a client coming to me like 38 years old and they're starting to really go, is this it? Is this what I want? You know, and it's usually, you know, what what seemed like a good idea you know they marry the guy because mom and dad seem to like him and um they go into finance because you know mom and dad or teachers said well you know you're good with numbers and you'll always have a job and that sort of thing and they're starting to go crazy they're hitting that point where the relationship isn't working the job's not working they're unhappy you know if if you one thing, it's a weird thing, but the soul can't separate mind, body, and spirit. So if you start to get like a spiritual malaise, you know, going into a, an unsatisfying job or stuck in a, a boring relationship or something, um, it, it, you, you get that spiritual malaise, but it takes everything else down with it, a little cascade. So it sort of affects the, the mind, body, and spirit. And, uh, you know, it's why people can get really physically sick and emotionally sick when they're just in a, a, a lousy, uh, position um, it's so debilitating for for the soul um, and so so the person who's hitting that point is usually looking at uh, well what's my life purpose you know where do I go from here what and almost always without exception I think probably it's all about it's about where do I find meaning what do I do that that will feel meaningful to to my soul and for a lot of people that's about um, finding some way to contribute or to to make a difference in the world uh, a lot of people I work with uh, they, they would recognize this they, they have a desire to I, I sum it up as wanting to get to the end of this life and feeling and feel like they the world's a better place for them having been here you know you would have it of course um, it's it's about leaving a legacy creating a ripple effect feeling like you know you're you're, you're really making this one count um, that's often the thing is you get to be an old soul. You you don't have a lot of lifetimes ahead of you, so you want to make this this life really work. So that's why there can be such an urgency in the sort of mid to late thirties where people are going, "Yeah, got to figure figure it out." You know, where do I go from here? 
and of course, you know, the sooner you can do it, the better. And I mean, how much better it would be if we could do the reading for everyone if they come in at the age of three months or something. No kidding. Three days, yeah. You know, come should come with your birth certificate, you know, a little right? reading from a psychic. <laughs> I genuinely do think that one day as our consciousness evolves and expands collectively, that will likely end up just kind of being... I know I'm going to do it for my child, but that will end up being a tradition eventually for the majority. Like whenever I have a child, you're going to be one of the first people that meets it just so I can get a soul rating. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, it's actually just really one of my favorite parts of the job. I love looking at um, who who people's kids are, how they knew them in past lives and what the, you know, what that child's looking for. And you often see things like, um, you know, well, you choose your parents and your parents choose you. Mm-hmm. So, which mm-hmm. is always the one that gets people going, what the hell, you know, what, what was I thinking? Uh, sometimes yeah. it can trigger fears and things to be worked on. Absolutely. Um, so there can be that, you know, choosing the dysfunctional family. I do find that all the time. Well, it- yeah. And also everybody does have a dysfunctional family, I would say, but mm-hmm. but the way your family is dysfunctional in a sense also highlights a lot about why your soul is here and what to learn from it and yada well, yada. If you look at what what your parents triggered in you, you can tell what mm-hmm. some of the major themes are in this life that you're working through. So if yep. you have, for example, if you have a very controlling father, uh, then you know that you're working on issues around control, so therefore it's about self-empowerment. And because it's mm-hmm. karmic, therefore it's about empowering others as well. So you can always, you learn so much. I was saying to somebody yesterday, you know, about, uh, you know, I used to hate it when um, people would say this before I understood these things and, you know, back when I was younger, and they're saying, oh, you know, your parents can be your best teachers. And it's like, oh, Jesus, well, that's a what a load of crock that is and you know how <laughs> did i get from that but there's always a um there's always a lesson and something i spirit guys say which I, I i repeat a lot because i think it's so profound is that the experience is not the lesson the lesson is what you draw from the experience and there's always a positive lesson to be drawn no matter what the experience so absolutely look at your parents look at what the 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 kind of things that they triggered in you did they put you down because mm-hmm. therefore that you might be working on self-worth issues and then this life is all about developing self-empowerment um if they weren't there for you uh if they let you down well maybe you're working betrayal or a rejection so it can really help you to admit and, and the point of this and why you would choose that family is that as an old soul, you don't want to be here forever. You want to get out of this, you know, you want to, uh, perfection's not the, the, the goal. I mean, it's, it's, it's just getting good enough, you know. So the guides joke that uh, if, if perfection were the goal, we'd all be here forever, you know. So they just have to get, like, you know, all the major lessons learned and, you know, really understand the, the, the power of love and these higher values, and then you, you, can, you can get going. But, yeah, so, it's, you know, with, with not a lot of lifetimes ahead, you want to get, a lot of growth and therefore choosing sometimes a slightly dysfunctional maybe very dysfunctional family can trigger the fears so they have to be worked on they have to yes. come on yeah and, yes uh, and it's a tough way to get the lesson but i wish more people i wish gosh i wish i'd known it when i was younger that how this works because you can make much more sense of it and use this and also avoid repeating patterns you know whenever you see somebody getting into you know that, that, or if they're ever able to say, I always seem to, you know, it's like there's a pattern. You know, I always end up with, with, you know, alcoholic, needy 
uh, partners. I always end up with uh, aggressive bosses or whatever. If you see patterns in your life, oh my God, there's something to be worked on there. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to draw that in? And sometimes it's not clear, no. but I, but you just recognize the pattern and that's that's the first step is just the awareness. It is the first step. Uh, absolutely. If you notice a pattern, then try to analyze what 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 is happening here. But um, particularly as well, remembering that you're not a victim of circumstances and and also that you play a part in whatever the, the dyna- dynamic is. You know, and, and especially I'll see this with people who are, you know, talk about empaths, you know, as we were doing earlier. Empaths attract uh, narcissists and bullies. And, you know, bullies are drawn to, to narcissists. Bullies are drawn to empaths like uh, moss to a flame. Um, and so if you start to see those patterns, you know, if, if you've had a narcissist in your life more than once, um, you, you need to ask yourself, <laughs> what am I doing? to make this happen what do i have to work on and almost always it's go back to the past life and that will clear out the present life stuff and uh but if you don't you it's almost like you're doomed to repeat history you're not learning from it exactly and then whenever you're around someone and you recognize that they're in your life just be also conscious of their patterns just to Mm -hmm. double check to make sure yeah, I used to in high school. I definitely attracted narcissist men, which is interesting. Yes, well, and I actually have no idea how I shifted that. And I wish I could consciously remember. I, I bet if I really looked at it, I will remember. But I shifted that because my fiance, the far from, he's an empath, you know, my ex fiance. Mm-hmm. So he was basically the one that made me open my eyes and see beyond the narcissist that's great sometimes that's the 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 angel the spirit guides would call it that and that's nothing religious about it but it's just they they say they call it talk about the angel principle where somebody comes into your life and they they help you to make that uh leap in understanding they show you maybe a different way of being or something you know they come in to initiate some kind of change um and you know, but if that doesn't happen, then of course this is where you see people repeating and repeating and repeating. Um, you know, I've yeah. been there. I mean, I've certainly done it. it took me the longest time, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but if you fix, I mean, uh, uh, the change always comes from within. You know, if you're looking at, to change things externally, mm-hmm. well, good luck. You, you you can do so much, but uh, you know, if I'm thinking about the person with the partner where they they're going. Oh, you know, I'm trying to figure out ways to change him, and it's like, huh, you know what? Yeah. and then see, see yep. how that uh, shifts things yeah 100% and also know that you are worthy of finding someone that you don't have to change that they've they've already done the work or they already feel whole within themselves or they just don't feel like they need to prove anything I think that's what yeah. I always wanted to when I was in high school and I, I attracted the guys that they were like the players but no they were it wasn't just like a fun little high school thing these were like pretty severe sociopaths yeah. and there yeah. was only like a couple but no but I mean again yeah. if it's just it's just a couple you're seeing a pattern there and it, it is to do with you know the empath I'm, I'm exploring the the whole sort of issue of empaths and narcissists in our soul world membership program this month or this next couple of months this month and next and the one after in fact yes tell us about it yeah well it's basically because so many of the people that i work with are are empaths and so many have run into um bullies uh, uh, broadly speaking and these will be narcissists sociopaths uh users takers 
just dawned on me. Yeah. Is that why I was bullied as a child? Yes. Like I was basically left out. Okay. Because yeah. I never knew. I was like, wait, I'm not there. I, I genuinely, I look back, I'm like, there literally was nothing weird or there's never anything wrong with any kid, right? But I just, sometimes you see why because they might be different or something. Right. It's sad, like this shouldn't happen to that kid, but but okay, it's just my energy, my soul was old and I'm an empath and so I attracted bullies. Okay, it makes sense. I think if, <laughs> it's exactly that. I think if you look at um, kids who are bullied, the, uh, I, I don't know if they'd be 100% empaths, but very close to it. And um, right. absolutely. So at a very early age, you, you can be drawing in those those bullies the 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 bully will find uh it, it's they'll find the empath like it's it's like they smell blood in the water mm-hmm. you know uh, and you know no nobody controls or hurts another person because they feel good about themselves so they you know the the narcissist or bully or whoever is is acting that way because they're broken and unfortunately i mean this is a t- way too complex to, to go into in this conversation right now but uh the you know, there's so many different ways of looking at it, but there's there are all these past life fears, and the, what the, the the this dynamic when you have the narcissist and the empath is that both can be working on the same fears, but working on them very very differently, and the the bully will sense that they can um, they can um, kind of impose their fear. On, on the the other person, I'll give you just a, a very quick example of this. If you have a fear around judgment, um, this comes from past life, maybe in a court of law, you're judged and then you're executed, something like that, or part of a massacre because you know of your religion or skin color or something. Um, so you're gonna have uh, your, your judgment. It will show up as uh, often a fear of public speaking, uh, test anxiety, stage fright, that sort of thing. Or a heightened concern about how people perceive you. All the above. So, so you internalize and you internalize the fear, mm-hmm. right? So you become your own worst critic. I usually say to somebody, I, could, I would say it about you, that you wouldn't need anyone to criticize you because you will do a really good job yourself. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you, but then, but then, okay. So then you have the the narcissist has the same fear, same kind of past life thing, but because of the you know they're they're essentially. Um, they're, they don't have the empathy, so that's the big that's the big crux of the the matter there. So what they do is they they externalize instead of internalizing, and so um, they will then in a, in a if you're in a relationship you know maybe it's a work relationship or something with with somebody like that, they're working through their own stuff on on judgment. But how they will do it is to take it out on you. They will they will judge you. They will be the harsh critic. You know if you have somebody you work with who you're afraid of because they, you know, they're almost, they all seem so critical or you, you find yourself walking on eggshells. Uh, you don't want to upset them or, or trigger them or something. Uh, you're, you're probably in that sort of uh, dynamic. But that would apply to all the other fears as well. They tend to be internalized by the, the empath and externalized by the, the narcissist. I mean, very broadly speaking, but, uh, and there's you know, lots of nuances and subtleties, but that's sort of kind of in a nutshell how, how, how this often works. Um, but 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 what's interesting is that when you see that dynamic, both need to fix something. Um, you know, if you if you're drawing in in bullies and narcissists and so on, I've I've I, I practically made a career out of it um, uh, until you know I was able to sort of you know break break the spell 
as it, as it were, you know, sort of work through what, what needed to work through. But I was just, you know, I mean, I was in a constant, um, you know, pattern around that. But uh, but once you sort of recognize the, 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 the patterns, I, th- I think actually that just probably it is one of the most important things, yeah, to really see, uh, is there a pattern? For you, it would be like um, seeing, the, you know, getting bullied at school and then drawing in these people you know, you're, you know, in your college years and so on, and I'm sure there would have been others as well. You know, and uh, yeah, once you notice and identify this is happening, then as I, as I touched on before, you really need to look at what what do you need to, how do you break the spell? And the way to do it is you need to um, work on your own stuff, and ideally, you need to work on past lives because. The the person the the it's not just that every empath gets bullied not not every empath does um, because you know once you, well you know what it's like you're still an empath but you're no longer attracting those sort of people you work through something really fundamental but almost every empath is going to be so easily triggered when they come into this world for any past life fears but if their fears around judgment or inferiority from having been treated as lesser in a past life. Um, then you're so you, you so easily go into that place of codependence. I think um, probably every codependent is is working through that fear of inferiority. So you you know basically your your low self esteem is is uh, what draws that bully in. They know they could take advantage of you. And you know anyone who's who's been in this dynamic will know that that person doesn't necessarily do the same stuff to others that they did to you they will you know they'll be completely different and lots of people will get very different view yeah no they will they will not take advantage of those who have who have strong boundaries yep or who are not empathic yeah but if you're if you're an empath with with fuzzy or no boundaries oh my god what what an appeal yeah, <laughs> and of course, and and then oh my God, you get the the empaths who who just draw in wounded puppies. Yep, you know, I mean, all the different the, the versions of that, you know, where uh, so often, for example, you see the empath being the the breadwinner, while the 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 taker is just sort of like, yeah, well, uh, you know, I'll I'll get a job eventually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, years go by, <laughs> resentment builds. Oh, and that gets bad too. Yeah, so much to. Oh yeah, there's so much to explore here, and this is why I'm, I mean, because I'm partly healing my own stuff uh, from this life, from being around so many narcissists, is that uh, I'm, as I was saying in the membership program we're creating, and uh, I'm doing sort of three months of really exploring this um, to create a program as well that will help others. There's so much need for that. There's so many people that I work with. I mean, I can't, I can't even tell you. I mean, I don't know if it's like 95% of the people I work with have had that experience. Almost everybody I work with, of course, is going to be an, an empath. And having that experience of, you know, bullies, takers, and, and so on, uh, it's so common. Uh, and when I started telling people that this is what I was going to be exploring, oh, I can't even tell you. I mean, they were just, oh, my God, I can't wait to hear, you know, thank you for doing this. Um because it's so frustrating when you don't know how to get out of that uh, rut that you get. And what am I doing? What's happening here that 
that it keep, this keeps happening to me. Why is it so hard to stand up to somebody? I mean, it's not like we've learned how to, you know, shift that. And so it'd be nice for some instruction, you know, yeah. I think that's great. I think it's, that's, that's it. You know, I mean, I would have been, you know, certainly was the same way when I was younger, you know, it's like, uh, okay, so this keeps happening, but I have no idea why. And no tools, you know, I have no idea how to, yeah. you know, until I started working with spirit guides, I didn't, I didn't know how to, you know, identify, recognize, deal with these things. Uh, but once you do, uh, the whole thing is about really for you as an empath, getting your power back mm-hmm. and uh, learning to, you know, to stand up for yourself. Uh, a lot of empaths, or, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you know this. I mean, a lot of empaths do not like confrontation or conflict oh, at all. Sure. Um, and that can often cause a situation to fester get worse or person who's, who's tried to test the water by taking advantage of you once realizes oh i can get away with it you know and <laughs> can keep doing it that's so true so interesting how many different stages there are as well like for example when i was younger i did have this i had a couple of friends that definitely took advantage of me and they like kind of bullied me around though i'd still because of the codependency just i just wanted friendships and to play so even though they were just horrible to, to me like they just didn't tr- they were totally mistreated and mis and abused our friendship and you know called me horrible things all the time but still I just wanted a friend even though we weren't really friends but I'd still be so nice to them but then finally this one girl was like Raquel you just need to learn to stand up for yourself mm. and it's something like clicked and then I, it didn't click until a couple years later and I called that person a bitch and for whatever reason <laughs> though like that helped me find my own power just that moment oh, I'm yeah. like 11 years old and I finally stood up for myself even though that's not a I guess quote-unquote positive energy it kind of was for my own self to just learn to break that cycle and then from there forward it was almost like the universe granted me this new life with bringing more friends in because i learned to stand up for myself but then there were other phases like when i attracted the narcissist and something happened that allowed me to let go of them and then even in recent years i've had to learn the power of saying no and honoring really honoring my boundaries so i'm not ever taken advantage of because people can be very drawn to um i guess the whenever someone is an empath they're light and so it's easy for people to just want to come to you for everything and just if you don't say yes they they're like what right you know and they almost cut you off learning to say no i mean it's just uh, for i think for an empath that's the most powerful word and yep you know another thing that that i've I've noticed working with people you know once once we find a past life and clear that you know any inferiority or whatever it is uh, then it becomes so much easier it's you, you don't go through the same conniptions of oh my gosh I would offend them and what are they going to think if I if I do this and I've, I found you know I and mean, I think everybody who's worked through this would would recognize that once you do stand up against the bullies usually they, they fold pretty quickly yep <laughs> it literally changed my world yes it was so wild it's when you realize that oh my gosh you know I do have more power than I <laughs> thought I had yeah it was it was a new awakening because I was I almost felt felt like I was supposed to be treated that way, oh, and yeah. then I learned no, I can be treated with respect like everybody else. Well, I think if you've been treated like that throughout your life, it's very 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 hard to um, to to know what um, boundaries look like, for example, or know how to stand up for yourself because you really have no, uh, you've not had any experience. One thing that I think is very helpful, you know, if if you're listening to this and you've you've 
you know, you're, you're relating. One thing to do is um, if, if you, if there are certain situations that you often get into where you feel like you're, you're disempowered or somebody's, you know, bullying you, it could be the person at work or the spouse or whatever. Um, when they're not around practice in your mind, standing up to them and, and how, how you will, you know, what you would say to them or, you don't have to script it. You don't want to sort of like, you know, if you, if you end up with scripting it too tightly, then when it comes to the real thing, you'll, you, you may forget your words and so on. It doesn't work quite that way. But a few bullet points, a few, and even just getting a visual sense of, of you standing up, you know, straight yeah. in this person's face and, and not taking any, uh, any shit. Um, the spirit guides say this is a bit like practicing karate. You know, if you've never done karate um, and you get mugged, you don't know what to do. Should I fight back or not? I don't know what to, you know. Um, if you've practiced karate moves for 20 years and suddenly you're mugged, well, you know exactly what to do. So practice it in your mind and how you would be with that person. And as I say, you'll be really surprised because often when you do sort of, when when you really mean it, by the way, if it, because the, the narcissist will know if, if you're just faking it, you know, like, uh, or, or Absolutely, you haven't yeah. really embodied the, the lessons or whatever. But if you really... Uh, you know, from your heart, from your soul, are saying, "Hey, cut it out! I'm not going to take this shit anymore," or whatever it is. It's amazing how, um, like I say, they just like crumple, fold. You know, it's like, uh, um, but it's scary. I mean, it's 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 scary because I mean, your soul could be going back to a time when, you know, in a past life, you stood up to somebody and you got killed. Oh yeah. There are all sorts of reasons why people placate or they they try to uh, smooth over the troubled waters and and so on. And unfortunately, what they so often do is they just make things worse for themselves. Um, you know, and so and very often people thinking that oh, you know, this is the way I need to be. I mean, you get a lot of spiritual people. Well. They said they go well. You know, I don't want to. You know, something there'd be something wrong about sort of like raising my voice or saying something. Uh, you know, so I just go along with it. You know, and just you know let this person treat me badly somehow. Like it's a spiritual virtue there. And, well, not really. Um, sometimes the spiritual lessons are about spiritual lessons. are all going to be about standing up for yourself. I know. I know. I've had to learn that. I truly always thought yeah. that I had to be kind, nice at all times. Well, I guess, honestly, it is kind for you to stand up for yourself. It's kind it is, for you and another you... person as well, because then they start to stop. If they're not a narcissist, because there are, like you said, either bullies or narcissists, There, and there is a difference, because some people do this and they might not be a narcissist, but they still, for whatever reason, mistreat you because of their own, whatever they're going on. And so when you do stand up, that is actually a form of kindness because they learn yeah. as well. Well, this is the problem with a lot of empathical souls is that they're, they're, they've embodied a lot of these lessons about love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're, they're open heart chakra, mm -hmm. loving to, to, to everybody except themselves. They forget, you know, forget to look after number one, like somehow you are less valuable. And uh, that's a really important thing to get over because, um, you know, you you are meant to, you are the, the soul, mind, body, and spirit. You're, every, every, every part of you is taking care of the, the other parts, you know. So, uh, yeah, and it's unfortunate, you know, the old soul empaths, they're really, they fall down so often on the self-care thing. You need to take care of number one, um, you know, and it's not selfish. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, one of my books, I use the old analogy about, you know, in a, you know, when they, those oxygen masks they drop in the plane, they all say, put on your own before helping your kids. I mean, that's not selfishness. It's 
it's pragmatic. And the same thing here, you know, take care of yourself so you can take care of others. Yep. It's truly the only way. Yeah. And your children Mm -hmm. and your partner and your friends and family will all deeply appreciate it. (laughs) And your Mm -hmm. relationships will all be so much better. I definitely had lost friendships in my past because I, I wasn't being myself for the fear of a well rejection, but not, not just speaking my mind and saying my truth and just staying nice. Yeah. But there's that, uh, you know, that authenticity thing that, you know, people, uh, you know, you, you think you have to be some way to, to, uh, uh, to get on with people, or, um, you know, that, uh, so many of us feel we have to adopt a different personality or something, you know, to be accepted, to be loved. And, uh, and yeah. yet, you know, what the most important thing is about just being ourselves, you know, and, um, you know, being who you are, uh, who you're meant to be is actually, that's the way to draw in the right people Yep. instead of, you know, I mean, what's that old phrase about, you know, would you rather be, uh, hated for who you are or or liked for who you're not mm-hmm. you know and but i found that you know well the work that i do is so much of it's about you know getting to that place of greater authenticity you know figuring out who you are and, and why you're here and getting over these fears and blocks and one of the things that i do notice and, and talk to people about is that sometimes your friendships change and you, you know you, as you change so rapidly and and you know spiritually you're really sort of you're you're making terrific progress. Other people are flatlining, and you may notice that after a while you go, "What the hell am I doing with this person in my life?" You know, what am I getting from that relationship? And then um, what what happens is you sort of like sometimes because I think a lot of us are programmed through fear to hold on to these relationships. It's like you trying to trying to be friendly with the bullies at school or whatever. Yeah. Um, but if you ditch you know, if somebody's really not working, I mean, if a friendship should be, it should feel equal and balanced. And if it's not happening, which so often, you know, that'll happen is you're, you know, especially if you're on the spiritual path and you know, other people are sort of, you know, mocking that or they, they think it's, you know, it's ridiculous. Well, uh, that's great. What, you know, but sometimes by moving on from friendships with the negative Nellies or whatever, you, you make room for people who uh, are much more, on your side they're kind of with you i realized years ago i had a friend uh um i realized it was such a one-sided friendship and um somebody who i realized would know nothing with you know all the the talk and discussion we'd had was all so about him that i i think i knew everything about his life he wouldn't have known a thing about my i mean really wouldn't have known uh much at all and it was such a one-sided thing and and um and I really had to ask myself, what am I doing with this person? You know, what am I getting out of it? And the answer was nothing, you know, nothing at all. It wasn't even somebody I could felt I could reach out to or get support from or, or anything. But there are, are lovely people out there. And sometimes, you know, we, we need to make room for them. And, you know, really the more authentic you are as well, just to go back to that, the more you are going to draw in members of your soul family and people who respond to that. We all know when somebody's not being who they are. So, um, you know, and, and empaths do that brilliantly because you're you're able to pick up on something. You know, the sense that what you're receiving is not quite what you're getting. You know, if, if somebody's presenting themselves in a way, uh, what I liken it to is that you're, you're picking up on two levels. And one is... Um, 
one is you're hearing what that person's saying, but you're also feeling the intent. And so if there's a if there's a discrepancy uh, or a gulf between these two things, it's like when you're not on the radio station, you're sort of slightly off, and there's that sort of hiss and interference and white noise. There's something uncomfortable about it, and usually you'll feel it in your body. A lot, or a lot of empaths will feel it in the body, or just that sense that something's off there. Just not quite right. Can't put my finger on it. You don't have to maybe know what it is, but there's something that tells you, yeah. And yes, and of course, that's the big thing: learning to trust that. Um, we all we all have to work on that. Learning to trust our intuition. Oh, it just yeah. gets easier in time. It does get easier in time. You listen more deeply and you feel it more and you do trust. You develop that trust muscle. But I feel like the universe, your guides, they always continue to bring new obstacles for you to strengthen it. Well, you know, life, it's the nature of life. There's there's always going to be challenges. But, you know, it's all about how you face those challenges and how you deal with them. Yep. Ainsley, oh my gosh, thank you for all of that gold, my soul, and I know that everybody else's soul that's listening to this because they were guided to listen to this for whatever reason really needed to hear that. All of the old souls that are like, thank you. Yeah, well, I'm just so grateful to have the opportunity. And thank you so much for having me on the show again. It's just, uh, it's, it's lovely chatting with you. And you're going to be a reoccurring character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I feel very honored by that. <laughs> I love it. Well, you are soul fam indeed, like Absolutely. part of my soul fam. And yep. yeah, this is, you always have so much to share. And I know that there's going to be a lot of different shifts that take place. I feel like right now we're kind of in an intermission before the super craziness happens, which I know a lot of craziness is happening now, but I feel like, I don't know. I just have this feeling that it's going to get crazier i would be happy to come back on and talk about the crazy <laughs> the crazy stuff that's happening yeah that would be absolutely amazing but before you go two mm-hmm. things one you've said this before but i'd love to hear it given everything we talked about today or just whatever you're feeling called to share on this day how would you advise your own magic listeners to create their own magic oh <laughs> <laughs> There are so so many ways to do this. Okay, well, here's one. Um, you know, a lot of people don't. Um, they, what's that? Something my spirit guide said years ago. I put this in my first book. They said most people spend more time planning with Thanksgiving dinner than they do planning an entire life. And uh, so, here's a little thing that's very useful. It's sort of related to what we're talking about. Um, I've joked before that if you say to an empath with a past life fear of inferiority, you know, self-worth issues, if if you ask them, what are your needs? They stare at you like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> because they've never had the, the opportunity to think about what their needs are. And I think it's one of the most powerful uh, exercises to do to just sit down and, and it's not rocket science, not hard to do. It's you could could be able to do this in sort of 20 minutes or, or something. Just think about what are your 10 most important needs? The person with inferiority may go, well, they're not needs exactly. It'd be nice to have them, you know, because they're, they undervalue these things. But uh, really think about you know, what, do you, what are your needs? Pick 10 of them and then ask yourself, what do you need to have? What would have to happen for your needs to be met? And then Pick some of those uh, those needs and make them happen. Start taking the steps. If something has to happen to have your needs met, 
looking at your needs can just it can explain so much if you're in a a poor relationship i did this some years ago where i was saying tearing my hair out right in a relationship and i and uh i said to spirit guides you know you know what do i do and they said well look at your needs and see if your needs are being met in this relationship and uh as it was i looked at my needs and not a single uh, need was being met or could be met in that relationship and it actually made it really easy to to break up because it was like yeah there's it's 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 not serving me in any way and uh it never will it's you know th this is not going to change and so it was super helpful because it just it was like a you know it helps with a sort of moment of clarity and i think if you do that with your life uh, um just examine your needs and then Figure out maybe a few of those needs that can be that put, where you can take some steps to to have them met. So, uh, yeah, and I'd love to love to hear how people get on with that as well. No kidding, that is actually no, that's not only super helpful but also practical, like something that we could actually yeah. do. Because I do love to hear practical tools. And your example oh, yeah. on people spend more time planning their Thanksgiving dinner than they do their life. It makes me think I'm like, wow, what if we were to just take a day, you know? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Um, the, even yesterday, my, one of my clients was being guided to sequester herself for an afternoon or a day, just to figure out some a five-year plan. It's so worth it. Well, and yeah. what I would have envisioned, because I did that about five years ago, like what am I going to do before I'm 30? But of course, like life had a different plan in store as well, or just I was walking a different timeline, but I'm so thankful for it. However, even though it's different than what I envisioned, what I envisioned then actually led me here to something that something yeah. I definitely love and even better. But I, if I didn't take that time, who knows what other timeline I would have been on. So, right. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's never time wasted. No. Um, however things work out. It's fun. It's so fun to dream. The greater understanding. I'm such a dreamer. Yes. Oh my gosh, totally. And that's That was my actually biggest fault. In elementary school, I would just sit in class and daydream the entire time. I wouldn't even pay attention. <laughs> oh God, I, I still... I still remember a teacher doing an impression of me i was about seven years old no doing an impression of me gazing gazing around no. the room you know staring at the ceiling i mean i was i mean i've always been a huge daydreamer and you know artist psychic i mean i'm sort of i spent so much time on the other side <laughs> and uh but it was, i was humiliated i was so embarrassed you know? and uh so traumatizing <laughs> but yeah i mean i was always off in that sort of you know wor world of fantasy i think it was coping with the boredom and so on as well oh absolutely and so if anybody relates to that guess what you're just a magical human and it's okay you're an old soul <laughs> absolutely. whatever they didn't know <laughs> there's nothing wrong with you <laughs> um and then where can everybody connect with you and do you have anything coming up that people can look into uh yeah like well, your, the program you're talking about yeah absolutely check out uh if you just go to soulworld.com um, then you can th th everything about the membership program is there. It's uh, I mean it's it it's the most amazing group of people we have. Um, we've got a, a very active forum. So great. And uh, we we do every every month we do a class based on a theme. We have daily messages on the spirit guides. We have a we do a, a, a regression every month, past life regression, um, and we have Q and A's stuff like that. It's, it's it, there's a lot going on. 
And uh, so, you know, I'd really encourage you, you know, if you'd like to explore more, especially because we're just starting to explore this topic of empaths and, you know, and the kind of challenges that come with being an old soul empath. Uh, so, uh, and otherwise, if you want to check out my work, just ainsleymcleod.com. And, uh, uh, and if you want to check out my new book, uh, if you go to oldsoulsguidebook.com, you can uh, And of course, that. that's all in the show notes, of course. Yeah, I, the Old Souls Guidebook is amazing. Also the instruction. And the other one's Transformation, right? The Transformation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All of it. All of it. I've read I've read every single word of all of, all of them. So <laughs> oh. yeah, they're all gold. And you're. Uh, I'm so thankful to know you, to have you in my life, to have you be part of my soul fam, and just also always coming on the show so everybody else can hear. Well, thank you. I feel, I, I feel the same way. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Yomis, that is a wrap. That is a wrap for this episode. I hope that something spoke deeply to you, expanded you in some way. Please let me know if so. You can catch me on Instagram at Raquel Mantra. I spell Raquel a different way than most, so you can see the spelling in the show notes. Or hang out with the Yomis, the like-minded, very conscious and expansive and helpful souls on the Euro Magic Facebook group especially a place to turn to when it comes to, well, whatever you're going through. And there are several tools on the Euromagic.life membership site. The Pyrite is monthly and the gold membership is just a one-time payment. But don't forget that experience called home. You can visit that at Euromagic.life forward slash home. And that will be with Brie Melanson and I, my fellow alien channeling palladian boss babe (laughs) all right well thank you so so much and have a magical rest of your day